0: One of the most powerful parts of a spiritual journey is the end. While it's true, no doubt, the spiritual journey never really ends. There's always more to be revealed. Every phase of development always has its ending, and it's important for us to celebrate that. Having had whatever spiritual awakening we've had, it's important for us to acknowledge that it's time to get off the couch and actually change. A new year, a new experience. (laughs)
1: Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversations for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Here's our host, Menachem Pusnansky.
0: Hey, Consciously family, welcome back. It's Menachem Pusnansky. It's really great to be here. Uh, it's It's December which means it's the end of December, which means that it's time for our Step 12 episode. Uh, Really exciting. For those of you who have not been listening, go back, listen. It's been a great series since last January. We started once a month uh, talking about themes of the 12 steps and how those relate to Jewish spirituality and how those relate to spirituality in general and what we can all learn from that remarkable system. Um, So we're here. We made it all the way through and uh, we're going to talk about step 12 today. But before we get there, I want to again welcome you to the podcast and thank you for joining us and invite you to subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review review on Apple. It seems like a lot of you are listening on Apple, so I really appreciate that. And if you go in and give us a five-star review and even write in a review, it helps us get the word out about this podcast. Uh, Also, uh, share us with your friends. Uh, Let them know anyone you think would benefit it, uh, definitely we appreciate it. Uh, Also check out our social media, the light revealed on Instagram and Facebook. We're doing a great series actually on the 12 steps over the next 12 weeks. uh, We're focusing in on one of the steps and tying that to some uh, up. passages uh, from Tehillim trying it's been much harder than I anticipated, but uh, we're definitely getting there. Step three, is up there this week and uh, we're working on step four today so we'll see how that goes uh, lastly check out our books consciously six steps to living Vibr- vibrantly with our Creator and stepping out of the abyss a guide to the 12 steps Jewish guide to the 12 steps okay so step 12 so how do we get here so step 12 starts off by saying having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps we tried to carry this message to other alcoholics and practice these principles in all our affairs. So anytime you're jumping into step 12, it's definitely worthwhile to review what it is we've been doing. So just uh, briefly, you know, what I've been thinking about actually this week, I was talking to a few people about this this week in the, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is the primary text as any of you who have been listening to this series as heard me say before is the primary text of the 12 steps it's where the 12 steps were introduced as a system uh, it's where Bill Wilson wrote the steps and uh, he was the primary author of the 12 st- of the big book of AA and it's the primary text the basic text of Alcoholics Anonymous which was the first 12 step program so and probably the most famous passage in the 12 steps which is called how it works it's called how it works because it's the beginning of a chapter called how it works where the book starts to really go into the ins and outs of the 12 steps. It identifies a singular factor that blocks a person from recovering from a spiritual malady, from something that's getting in their way. And the singular thing that the big book found that the member, the the authors of the big book, the first hundred alcoholics or so um, ish who were involved in Alcoholics Anonymous and wrote that book, and then that system has now gone on to help millions of people, identified honesty or dishonesty as the singular stumbling block which will arrest the person's ability to recover from whatever they need to recover from. And that is interesting. It's not necessarily the most intuitive thing. You would think it was trauma or anxiety or depression. But in fact, none of those things Are absolute blocks to recovery, the only absolute block to recovery is dishonesty or a lack of honesty. So if we were to take honesty as a barometer for the necessity of recovery, it wouldn't be so crazy to assume that the 12 steps are focused on helping us to get honest. So let's look at it that way. So in step one, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Step one is admitted we are powerless over our addiction, alcoholism, and that our lives have become unmanageable, right? Step one is really the opportunity for the sufferer to really get honest about what's actually going on in their lives, to stop prevaricating or avoiding or dismissing or excusing or making excuses for whatever's wrong with their lives and really take a look in the mirror and admit that a problem has them licked, that they are not the solution, to whatever it ails them, right? As, we, as we, we've demonstrated throughout this series, the 12 steps are fully embraceive of taking personal accountability, but it starts off by accepting the fact that there are definitely things over which we don't have control. Step two is an interesting thing when we look at it through the lens of honesty, because step two has came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And the honesty there is the honesty that we must have, that there is hope for us. You see, in step one, we come to a place of abject despair and acknowledgement that a problem has us licked, and it's only natural to kind of lose hope that things might get better. And in step two, we have to get honest with the fact that there is hope, that we can get better, and try to gain a vision of what sanity, a sane life, maybe in spite of a pervasive ongoing problem, would look like. So that's step two, and that's where honesty comes in. Step three is where we make a decision to live according to the honesty that we have, meaning live according to the truth that we understand. It's making a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the power of God as we understood him. Step four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine have to do with taking a deeper look to try to honestly understand what's actually going on, sharing that with somebody else in order to enhance the experience of getting in touch with that honesty. Look for how those patterns play themselves out in other areas of our lives and be opened to the truth and the honesty that we have come to becoming manifest in all of those areas. Uh, then admitting to others, particularly those we have hurt, uh, the truth about what we know, what we've done, and what we're willing to do to try to make things better. So that takes us four through nine. Ten is obviously practicing honesty on a day-to-day basis. And eleven is trying to grant ourselves the privilege and opportunity to become aware more and more through prayer and meditation of a higher and higher and more potent form or version of the truth. So the twelve steps, as you can see if we look at it through this lens, are really a pathway for a person to embrace in a very full way honesty in the entirety of their lives and what occurs as we learn in step 12 is having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps right and if we look at it this through the lens of honesty the spiritual awakening that it's discussing in step 12 is having dislodged ourselves from a victimhood way of seeing the world a resentment driven way of seeing the world a faithless way of seeing the world through embracing a path of honesty that includes admission, faith, conviction, intensive and ongoing inventory and evaluation, we can come to a place of spiritual illumination. We can begin to see the world for what it is. We can wake up to what's actually going on. So that is, I think, in many ways, what the 12 steps do. They transform us from seeing the world through the lens of dishonesty, through the lens of separation, through the lens of suffering and begin to see the world through the lens of solution, of positivity, and of truth. And it's not that that dishonesty was there, and now the truth is here. It's that we were slumbering, we were asleep to the honesty, and now we've woken up. In fact, in the Svarim HaKadoshim, in the holy books, the holy texts, particularly in Tanya, he discusses how when a person finds themselves in a negative space, it is as if the part of themselves... The most holy part of themselves, the most divine part of themselves, was slumbering, was sleeping. And that the journey towards spiritual illumination and towards spiritual development comes about by awakening the best part of ourselves so that that part can be actualized into our lives for ourselves and then for others. So that's what 12 Step 12 is. It's the awakening. But now that we're awake, the question is, what do we do about it? What is it that we do with our wokeness, you might say? So the 12th step gives us two interesting instructions. It invites us to try to carry the message to others that suffer, and it invites us to practice these principles in all our affairs. Now, there are a couple questions that come up when we start to contemplate this. First of all, like what's the message? What is this, the message that we're supposed to be carrying on to other people? And how is it that we're supposed to transmit what we have learned in our recovery to the other areas of our lives? You see, recovery occurs because we are down to nothing. And anyone who's ever worked in themselves knows that Like, while it can be invigorating, exhilarating to grow from a place of you know abject suffering, it's not the same as growing from a place of strength. So what is it that we're trying to apply to all the areas of our lives? What's the message that we're trying to carry for others? And what's the message we're trying to carry into our own lives? Now, on on the face value, right, we're trying to carry a message of recovery to other sufferers, other alcoholics, other drug addicts, right? Now, that can be true, no doubt. But it seems from the context of the step that there's something more to be shared, that this is not just a problem-oriented solution. It's not just a problem-centric spirituality it seems like something that could really be applied to every area of our lives. And so we're not just trying to carry a message to others, but we're trying to carry a message to ourselves, so what is that message? And in order to answer this question, I think we have to identify or highlight a certain paradigm that occurs that we have to kind of shift out of. You see, when you look at somebody who's struggling with an addiction, and then someone who recovered from that addiction, and you see the way in which they have been able to recover from that addiction. So therefore, if they were to then share that solution with, with others, the person that would be benefited by their solution would be somebody that has their problem. In fact, the 12 Steps identifies that as a very key component, both in the interest of the recovering recovered alcoholic addict that they benefit from helping other alcoholics and addicts, but also the fact that one alcoholic talking to another alcoholic or one addict speaking to another alcoholic has a potent energy that even some of the great psychological minds have not, are, are not able to accomplish. So there's definitely value in that. But, that limits the value of the 12 steps to other people that have addictive problems. And what happens sometimes you see is that people that recognize the power of the 12 steps want to apply it, and they assume that the only way to apply the 12 steps is to start from a problem orientation. And that's tragic. And Because what happens is when people try to engage the 12 steps from a problem orientation, when the problem that they are suffering with is not the kind of problem that an alcoholic or an addict suffers with, meaning one that literally threatens their very being and existence and the well-being of those they love the most, they're not able to generate and therefore benefit from the 12 steps in the same way. So the question here we're also trying to answer is, what can we all benefit from the 12 steps, even if we don't have a problem that qualifies us towards it? What is the message that the 12 steps has for each of us. So instead of looking at the benefit of understanding the 12 steps and the benefit of the value of the 12 steps being in its ability to address addiction, we need to look at it differently. And part of that relates to something we've been talking about the entire time. You see, the 12 steps are not novel. They're not new. All of the 12 steps, most religious people that encounter the 12 steps will look at the 12 steps and say, oh yeah, yeah, these are all these are all part of what I do. These are Jewish things. For example, if you're a Jewish person, right, it's a very common thing when you introduce the twelve steps to a rabbinical figure, right? They'll say, "Some oh, that's that's Jew. yeah, that's Jewish, that's true." Jew. Oh, maybe I don't know about this powerless thing. Does that fit? Does it not fit? Right? They ask all sorts of questions, but for the most part, the practices of the twelve steps are not new. They're things that human beings have been doing for for ages. They're very intuitive and common sense oriented, right? Like even step one, admitting powerlessness and unmanageability, at the end of the day, if a problem has you licked and you're gonna continue to pretend that the problem is not there, you're never gonna get better. Admitting that the problem is there to someone else, even just so you can ask for help is definitely sensible. So if the 12 steps are not new, if they're not novel, why is it that they work? That's, that's a really important question to answer. And one of the things I believe I've mentioned on this series, but I definitely have mentioned many times in different talks I've given about this topic, is that what's most novel about the steps is the order. The order with which it approaches problems and the order with which it applies spiritual solutions. You see, for example, it's perfectly reasonable and very normal for people to try to come to terms with problems that they feel overwhelmed by. But pausing before you take action, once you identify the problem, to spend time developing hope is somewhat counterintuitive. And then even after a person develops that hope, for them to pause to take time to develop willingness, that's also very counterintuitive. You identify a problem, and the human solution is to attack that problem. But what the 12 steps focuses on is helping us to figure out how we can apply spiritual solutions to human problems. And I think that's the message of the 12 steps. You see, because if spiritual solutions can solve human problems like the kind that drug addicts, alcoholics, and other types of addicts, then surely those spiritual solutions could work for other human problems. Now, you might be wondering, how do spiritual solutions solve human problems? That sounds very unscientific. You would assume that the solution to a concrete human problem would be a human solution, and oftentimes we look around and we see that. But one of the things that we discovered through the 12-step program, and this, as we've talked about before in this series, emerged from an idea that came from Carl Jung, is that it's not that human problems don't require human solutions. It's that human problems are often not solved by human solutions because underlying the human problem is a spiritual problem. By human, I just mean like worldly material problem. Solving a material problem is logical and linear. It's oftentimes obvious. But when underlying that material problem, that human problem, is a spiritual problem, is a problem at the core of our soul, then all the best solutions in the world don't seem to work out, even when it works out, we'll find a way to mess it up. So if we're gonna have any success at addressing our lives, we're going to have to solve the underlying upset that is going on inside. Now that's easier said than done, you see, because there are blockages, there are roadblocks, and emotional minds that are littered throughout the journey of trying to resolve our inner problems. And the novelty of the 12 steps is the way in which it gives us, I think, a map that allows a person to walk themselves through the journey of reigniting our connectedness with a higher power and opening the door to real concrete change. Now, that doesn't replace the necessity for therapy, for example, or other types of intervention. As you'll find often, people in 12-step recovery programs often end up in therapy in addition to their recovery work. But what the 12 steps does is oftentimes remove the blockages by gently walking a person through the path of coming to terms with the reality of what they're struggling with, developing a sense of hope that things can truly get better, not just a better version of the bad, but truly get better. Develop willingness to take real concrete action in the face of fears and anxieties. Learn to gently and compassionately focus on your side of whatever problem you're facing without becoming accusatory or shaming yourself. Sharing yourself fully with another person with courage. Develop a hope And a willingness to draw spirituality, spiritual light, healthiness into every aspect of your life. A reminder that it's okay to take the time to make sure you're really ready to make right a wrong that occurred. And that before you can hope for forgiveness from others, we first need to forgive them and also forgive ourselves. A reminder that a good inventory is not only written in red ink, and the invitation to develop a powerful spiritual discipline in our day of talking to God and listening for the messages that God sends to us. A realization that what makes all of this effort worthwhile is the fact and the opportunity and the privilege that we have to help others. Those are the novelties of the 12 steps in that order. And what occurs is remarkable. And if it could work for them, then surely it can work for us. So that concludes our uh, journey through the 12 steps. I really hope that uh, you enjoyed. I hope that it inspires you to pursue more knowledge and wisdom about the 12 steps. Read the big book, read the basic text of N.A. Read all the amazing literature that's been put out there. There's so much to offer. It's really remarkable, particularly for those that are struggling with different type, forms of addiction. But more than anything to remember that whatever conception you have of God today is sufficient to make a beginning to welcome God into your life in a way that can drastically and powerfully transform everything. That spirituality, spiritual awakening, spiritual enlightenment is real. Not a fly-by-night feeling that just disappears The minute you realize that it's happening, but rather a real and concrete journey of growth leading towards fulfillment and happiness. My hope and prayer is that we get to meet as we all journey, as the big book says, trudge the road of happy destiny. And on we go to 2022. See you there.
1: for joining the Consciously family. Consciously is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery, to whoever is looking for them. Consciously is made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family in memory of Tipora Bas Ravara Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our audio engineer is Alps, and our artwork is by Tani Puzz. Our social media team is led by Tihil and Asanian, with help from Zoe Poznansky. The assistant to the regional co-host is Shemaya Hanekman, and our music is by Aton Cats featuring Z. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please feel free to email us at consciouslythepodcast@gmail.com at or private message us on Instagram or Facebook at The Light Revealed. Oh, 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 oh.